Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Underhood Show presented by Mel Hunt with the Ford. My name is Phil Nightingale. Morning, Josh. Good morning. It's a beautiful Saturday out there, isn't it? Yes, it is. How hot nice be? Have you? Uh, nice and warm and humid. Well, it's supposed to be. It's July, right? Yeah, yeah. It's We've right. had a little bit of an easy couple last days, though, I will tell oh. you. And I will say, you know, for as late in the the years it's been before it actually got hot, we went through quite a bit of uh, July without. Yeah, Rex is going to make fun of me. Did last week, Josh, because the shoes are so low, and I'm kind of sitting down. I look like I'm a little kid. I still look like a little kid. This chair won't go up. Not to, not to. All right, Rex is going to make fun of me again. Not to give it to Rex, but I think there's a phone book over here. Okay, <laughs> that's what he said too. Where's the phone book for Phil? Exactly what he said. So uh, you throw a phone book in front of an actual kid today, and I'm guessing they're not going to know what the heck it even is. No, that. <laughs> Shoot, it's been a long time since I've seen a phone uh, book. I was going to say, yeah, I can. Uh, I don't know, thinking of a sales job or calling people. Can you imagine getting a phone book thrown at you and say, here, here call, call some people? Hey, okay, <laughs> so I'm going to tell you this story. I went to, uh, this was in the early 90s when I got recruited to go to. Somerset Pontiac okay. in Troy, Michigan, and uh, went up there to look at their service department, stuff like that. And uh, <clears throat> I said, hey, you know what? I'd like to go to the sales meeting. They go, what the heck for? I said, I just I want to see it. At this point in time, at that time, that Pontiac store was delivering 1,200 new Pontiacs a month. 1,200. So anyway, I what's, mean. Uh, what's your year? Range. Early nineties. Okay. Early nineties. I think it was probably ninety one, maybe ninety when I went up there uh, when they were trying to recruit me and stuff. And no, yeah, it's probably ninety one, maybe ninety. I don't know, ninety ninety one somewhere in there. Anyway, there were just transports constantly. Imagine oh, just yeah, dropping them off. That's crazy. Yeah. So uh, went up in the sales meeting and there was uh, a, over a hundred salespeople. You know, to do, yeah. do that many. And I go into that sales meeting. And uh, the sales manager or GSM, where you know, he might have been the GM, I don't know, but he was the uh, he was kind of an Italian guy, reminded me of Sylvester Stallone, kind of okay. Anyway, he uh, gets in there, does these little chit chats, everything else like that, and he calls out these four guys, okay. Well, guess what? They're the four bottom guys, and he literally does picks up four phone books, throws them at them, and says. You get in the phone room and you don't come out till you've got an appointment and dismissed them out of the meeting and That's made it go. So if we're talking about getting the phone book thrown at you, I seen it. I watched it go down. <laughs> seen it actually happen. Oh, uh, yeah. Pretty. So, yeah. So I've seen the phone books get thrown at people. That's uh, 1,200 units a month. That's crazy. And yeah. then, uh, you know, 100 salespeople, that would be. Yeah. Be this room was so big and so huge. It's crazy. And then the shop, I don't, I don't remember all the stats on the shop and everything else like that, but uh, by nine o'clock, they wrote, and I remember going up to the screen and looking at, and I remember this number's plain as day, at nine o'clock, they wrote 147 ROs. Gosh. Yeah, by it nine o'clock. Crazy. Yeah. And, uh, and was it solely Pontiac? Yeah, or? Pontiac only. Huh. And uh, at that point in time, the Bonneville was a hot theft deal. And I bet I saw in, in a two hour period, saw four Bonnevilles roll in. That had been stripped. One was even burnt. Yeah. It'd been stolen and everything else up there and everything else too. But uh pretty crazy. So yes, I've seen the phone books thrown, literally thrown at people and told them to go get in the phone booth. And, get don't, come out, and <laughs> don't come out till you got an appointment. 
So anyway, Delbert wants to see some pictures of the two of us at, at the Barbie event. <laughs> we were working, Delbert. Yeah. There's no pictures of us. We were working. We were taking care of the girls and helping them, everything else, too. Yeah. Uh, send, uh, Delbert says there's an echo in the. Got an echo. Huh? Got an echo, Delbert. Is that right? Here, let's do this. <clears throat> so anyway, so that Pontiac store was huge to watch that thing operate and watch it go and everything else like that. But how I got into that deal was I was on a Pontiac advisory board. Yeah. And there was 12 of us service managers throughout the country that Pontiac put on that board. And then they had one dealer also in there. And his name was Jack. And Jack owned that Somerset Pontiac. So naturally, he and I just hit it off yeah. and everything else like that. And he invited me to come up and said, hey, come take a look at this. Come take a look. So, so let me show you what I got to offer you and everything else like that. Which he did have a good thing. But then the, uh, the real thing that happened is J.B. Sharp and Topeka, when I went back, made me an offer that I stayed. I didn't go. Jack was a little disappointed in myself and everything else like that. But that's okay. So, hey, anyway, it's a call-in show, 316-462-3673, anything alien, your car, tires, brakes, batteries, anything you want to talk about. Love to hear from you. Price package is about over 130 bucks, and uh, as always, Josh is trying to fix the echo here. But Yeah, uh, I, think I've, I think I've got it. So, Delbert, if you want to uh, confirm that that's taken care of there, uh, we're running on the mic on the laptop and not through the headset so sorry about that but i think we've got that deal squared away but yeah that price package for uh each and every caller uh so we'll mail it out to you but it's consists of the works which is an oil change and tire rotation we use motorcraft oil and filter products here at mel hamilton ford uh, while we're completing that we're also going to perform a multi-point inspection checking over the brakes tire steering suspension all the safety related components on that vehicle You'll also receive yourself $10 to Mel's Diner so you can get yourself something to eat and drink while you're with us here at the big corner. Uh, complete nitrogen for your tires, if I hadn't said that already. You uh, might have, but uh, I don't remember. And then uh, BG Products Package, which consists of a can of MOA, uh, motor oil additive for your engine oil, and then CF5 for your fuel system. Again, just getting that vehicle geared up and ready to go for that next 5,000 miles of driving. All right, 316-462-3673 comes right to the front desk here at the dealership. Tell me to get past you in the show, and we'll get you on the air. Anyway, Brian McDonald, with rumors of Escalade splitting from Cadillac, which I've not heard that, Corvette splitting from Chevy to become their own brands. Not sure I've heard yeah. that. Maybe it's true. It could be. Uh, do you think Mustang will ever do that? Well, let me tell you what's happening with Ford, so you can kind of, Brian, to give you an update on kind of what's happening there, too, is right now Ford has made us be a internal combustion engine dealer or you can be an EV dealer, or you can be both uh, from that part. And uh, so do I think Mustang will ever split off? I doubt that. It'll just stay as part of that EV. Well, that'd be the Mach-E. But yeah. So, yeah. So I don't know. And so basically, Brian, to answer your question, Ford's already kind of done it. I mean, that, that's what they've done. They've kind of made us, you know, if a dealer doesn't want to be an EV dealer, doesn't want to put the money out to become an EV dealer or whatever, then they can still sell just the internal combustion engine uh, from that standpoint. Uh, you can turn in to be a partial EV dealer, meaning where you can service the cars, do partial of the investment and everything else like that too. And you'll get very few cars to to serve, to sell, or you can be a 100% EV dealer and turn into be where you can get a lot of cars and everything else like that. And I'll just give you some examples, Brian, what's kind of happening there is if you want to spend about a half a million dollars uh, as a dealer, then you can become a partial dealer where you can service the EVs and you can get, they're saying, under 25 cars per year to sell. Then if you want to invest $1.2 million, 
is what they threw at us. Then you can be a 100% EV dealer. And naturally, that's what we did because we want to take care of everybody we can possibly take care of, Brian. And uh, we found some shortcuts to get around that $1.2 because it's kind of crazy of some of the things they want us to do. But we already had a lot of things in place here at the store to do that. Uh, now they're promising us for the 24 model year at least 180 cars to sell, which doesn't seem like a lot for $1.2 million either to me. But that is kind of what it is. But uh, I have to do some investigating, too. If anybody else has got some insight on the Escalade splitting from Cadillac and the uh, Corvette splitting away from Chevy. Love to hear that. Or if anybody's got any more things we can put up on the screen or whatever, love to hear with you from that too. But I've not heard that. And so, you know, from a dealer's perspective, the reason that I would think that it would be very hard for them to do is one, having the the support across the whole U S to be able to service those customers. And, and, you know, if they were to break mechanically having uh, less and less, uh, you know, places to be able to repair them, but then also just offer them on the sales side of things. I don't know is that those two products standalone would have enough sales volume to, to uh, allow that. I don't know. Well, I heard rumors about two years ago where Cadillac was going to go to where there was no inventory on their lots. Basically you'd come to their lot and order a car and get it to go. Uh, uh, and say, Anyway, so that's what I heard rumors that Cadillac was going to do. Where that's happening or whatever, I don't know. Now, I do know for a fact that there is only uh, two Cadillac dealers in the state of Kansas. And there's only one Lincoln dealer in the state of Kansas yeah. uh, from that part. So I think it's got to be a situation of some of these, uh, what the manufacturers looking at don't agree with it. But I think what they're doing is they're trying to figure out a way to make sure the dealers are profitable and stuff too. But to have one Lincoln store in the state of for Kansas the whole state doesn't make sense to me uh, from that part. Granted, you can go to a Ford store and get that Lincoln service and all that kind of stuff too, which we kind of can do that. Yeah. But to be able to go purchase a car and buy it from one dealer in the country, I mean, in the, in the state just doesn't make sense to me at, at all. Yeah. Part. And I don't, I, you know, I know COVID has really changed the, the mentality of, of the consumer as far as ease a product or getting products, but, I just go back to even, even, you know, in our situation with the current lot inventory and I think of my buying, how I would want to buy something is, you know, I want to sit in it, see it, drive it, touch it, feel it before making a commitment that large. Uh, you know, you're talking these vehicles easy, you know, 50, 60, 70, $80,000 for, for a vehicle. Uh, and to do that off of a computer screen or to order something off of a computer screen, especially somebody that maybe hadn't been in the market or been in a new vehicle or new product for multiple years, uh, if they hadn't upgraded in, in a while, to, to order that off of a computer screen, I just think is would be really hard as a consumer. Yeah, I know, Josh, but it's it's a deal. It's just all these Mavericks we're ordering. Yeah. All the Broncos we're ordering, all that kind of stuff. And I'm with you. I'd, I want to touch it, feel it, do everything else, too, from that part. Uh, hey, Brian, I would love to hear from you. You'd love to get on the phone here, 316-462-3673. Love to hear what information you have or whatever uh, so we can get a little bit more of a conversation going. But, Brian, give us a call, 316-462-3673. And let's hear what information you have. I'd love to hear from it or whatever. Now you're going to make me do a bunch of research tomorrow while I'm sitting at home trying to figure out what's <laughs> going on. Trying to figure out what the deal is. But I do, Josh, what I will say, let's take Corvette for a minute. Okay. To me, that's their high-end sports car lots of tech, everything else in that car. And I'm going to tell you today with 4,000, approximately 4,000 Ford stores out there in the country, I'm going to give you the best example I can give you. I had a customer broke down 
in Colorado with a window that wouldn't go down, mm-hmm. wouldn't go back up. Yep. Called several dealers, everything else like that to try to get help and couldn't get no help. I finally had to have them go to a safe light store to help tape up the window and get it. I could not get a Ford store to help me. So what I'm after there is the technology. Yeah, the you train. as a GM of a large yeah, Ford store. Couldn't get not, nobody to help me. Yeah. Yeah. Not just a consumer. Or nobody would help. Yep. So what I'm after here is, is to have the proper training and everything else to fix that Corvette. I think that's where they're headed with this because there's so much tech and everything in here. They got to have the right technician to do that. And they can't train every tech across the country to work on a stuff. And I think it's the same thing with Cadillac. There's so much tech in that car. There's so much tech in the Lincoln too. Uh, from that part as you know, having the proper technique and look what we run into Josh, yeah. we're picking up cars all in Kansas city and everywhere of dealers that can't fix these cars yeah. and we're hauling them in here. So, so we can fix them. So I'm looking at that standpoint of the deal too, is can we, tra- how many techs can they train to fix a Corvette? You know, get, get the proper training. Cause you know, how many times could it be misdiagnosed and then they lose a customer because that technician didn't fix that car. So, there, there, I mean, there's all kinds of sides to look at this and where it's going and everything else. And that's why we've pushed training so hard here with our technicians to try to train as hard as we can to make sure we're diagnosing these cars correctly and fixing these cars correctly and everything else too. But yeah. I, mean, I, I think that's also where it's going to like Corvette's going electric too. Uh, a hybrid, I guess, is what it, I mean. I haven't studied that car enough or whatever. I'm just going to be honest with you. And that new style, that new Corvette, I just don't like it. The uh, uh, the outsides of them, I do believe the body design is is pretty good looking, but the interior of them for me, when I sit in it, it just seems much smaller than than previous years and stuff like that. But uh, yeah. You know, and it's just like everything else. It'll change or it'll grow on you or uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I've drove the cars. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've drove a couple of them and everything else too. And you're right. I don't like the inside of the car. I don't like the way the back end looks of that car. Maybe I'm just being prejudiced, whatever, but I've still got a lot of bow tie in me from that yeah. part, everybody. For yeah. all the years I've worked on, on, on cars and everything else too. But, uh, <clears throat> hey, love to hear from you. 316-462-3673. If you want to chime in on this conversation is where are the manufacturers going? Why are they doing what they're doing? What's happening here in the, in the automobile world? And I do believe in the next two to three, four or five years, we're going to see a massive change on how we do business with customers, what the cars look like, what the cars do and everything else from that part. Well, I think, I think we could even, you know, maybe ask the the listeners and talking about, uh, you know, Tesla's business model and how, how that works with them. Um, as far as not having a dealer and ordering a vehicle and, you know, as a consumer, is that what you would like? Is that what you would like your experience to be? Or would you rather have a vehicle on a lot, you know, um, that you could sit in, drive, you know, do, do everything, uh, from that side too. Uh, yeah. So I, 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 yeah, I'm with you there too. And we lost our screening. I got, I keep Gus just messed with my computer screen and made it go blank in the back. And it goes sleep too quick he changed it oh back back behind us okay gotcha so anyway you know and you know josh you're right about the uh the training the all that kind of stuff that goes into playing a car i still i'm still the one i want to touchy feel it everything else like that but our whole world is changing of how we buy things online and everything else too uh but you know the tesla deal there was a survey here out a while back that uh I think it was like 78 or something percent of customers didn't like their after buying experience because they can't get to a dealer. They can't get done what they need to get done. They can't find the things they need to get or get service when they need to get done Yeah, uh, from that part. So I think there's all kinds of sides of this to look at and everything else too. Uh, what the best way is to take care of this, but I still think the good old days of having to walk in the showroom, have a car set in here uh, to touch it, feel it, see it and everything else is the right way to do it. 
but everybody's got a different opinion. I mean, Josh is still, you know, we've, we've got the program on our webpage right now where you can buy a car from your, from your kitchen table, go through the whole process, paperwork, everything, and walk in here, or we can deliver it to deliver you the car to and you. never even see the car and never even touch the car or whatever from that part. And do we do it? We do. We have yeah. done it. Uh, but that's just the way some people want to buy their things and how they want to do it. I mean, look at Amazon. Look at all the stuff. Everybody's buying. I think I, I think I got a dedicated Amazon driver at my Dude, house. You, you got a, a specific one. Yeah, and so, so, you know, I we can even talk about that too. And I'll, I give uh, Lisa, my wife, uh, trouble about that all the time. Anybody, somebody's delivering a package. And my comment to her is, well, here's the thing. When I want to buy something, like I want to be able to pick it up right then. Now, I will give you that there's been times we uh, <clears throat> I don't, we were driving around in the truck and my youngest son wanted these sunglasses, had to have these sunglasses, oh, yeah. whatever. Anyway, she got on there, ordered them, and it was the next day. I don't know. I think it was that same day. We were out in the yard playing basketball and this guy shows up delivering his sunglasses and I, I yeah. it just blew me away, but my biggest thing is to support these other local businesses and, and buy local. Like I have a, I have a little bit of a problem with, with the whole Amazon deal, because if you, the, the fact that they're offering that service so quick kind of negates that fact. But you know, when I want something, I want to be able to walk in and purchase it and walk out with it and, and uh, be a part of it. But yeah, the hassle of not having to go somewhere or deal with uh, deal with customer service in some places, you know, uh, and it, you know, it's way more convenient. I will give you that. But you know, I'll give. Yeah, you know, you talk about buying local and everything else like that. But I mean, we got these ambulance vans that people locally are paid to drive, and now I got people showing up in their personal cars. Yeah, not even Amazon vans. Yeah. So we've created some other jobs there and things of that part. But you know, my experience with that too, same thing. It's it's easy, it's convenient, and everything else like that. And uh, one day I walked into a hardware store and I'm going to put the name up there and walked all over this place trying to find these fittings that I needed. Mm -hmm. Couldn't find it. Couldn't get no help for one and uh, got frustrated, went home, got on Amazon, found the deals and they were there the next day. And then there they were. And there they were exactly what I wanted. Everything else like that, that part. So, uh, so I get it, but uh, back to the car buying thing. I still <laughs> think that they're, you know, I want to come in. I want to touch it. I want to feel, I want to see it and everything else from that part. But there's so many people that don't want to do that or whatever, but Hey, let's hear from you. What's your preference? 316-462-3673. Get a price package about over 130 bucks for each and every caller. Love to hear your, your opinion on buying a car. Would you like to just order it and have it delivered to your house? Would you want to come in, test drive it, see it? Do you want to do some paperwork online? Do you want to do whatever? What is your opinion on how you'd like to do that? And each and every opinion is going to get a that price package over 130 bucks for each and every caller. And I think we can also kind of expand on that a little bit, especially with uh, what happened earlier on this week is just the, and as we t uh, started the phone talking about a phone book and making uh, sales calls out of a phone book, just the amount of technology that's changed in the dealership and how we do business uh, on the day-to-day -day operation and how the advancements in technology uh, have helped us so much to do so much more. You know, this week earlier on, uh, we, we were down what three quarters of a day or half a day on the, no internet. no internet. And, you know, I was talking with, uh, somebody and I mean, it is almost as vital for us to have that. We could almost go without electrical or power before we could go without internet, you know? Um, and it, it's amazing. I, I mean, you, I think of all the repairs that we completed that 
require an update with it afterwards that yeah. you know you just you just can't do like right and to tell somebody hey we don't have any internet and and can't get your vehicle fixed is like th- they're hard words to say but it's, that's it's a truth, it's truth it's, we've know? been so we're so dependent on that you know i ran into the like uh trevor out at the auto auction and he's going into where he's bringing in a, another internet and line from a different company mm-hmm. he's bringing in a generator and everything else like that because he said if i go down during my auction my my five hours that i'm really making my money i never get that back it's done it's yeah. done it's over with <clears throat> so i started thinking about it. we've got a generator out here which we can run things on but that, that's one thing we're going to work on with with our it guys we're going to get us another backup line because i know we've we frustrated a lot of people yeah and uh the, the biggest problem with that internet went out wasn't even our fault. It was Cox's yeah. fault. They had a major failure of a of a part that took us down. And plus that we first what happened is there was an outage. So we thought that's what our problem was, but then kind of find out we really got dialed into it. It was a, one of the main boxes that Cox has that went down on us. Not even our situation. How you'd protect that, I don't know, but he, uh from that part. But it's you are right. We're so dependent on the internet on what we do with it and how it runs our business and everything else like that. I mean, we, we almost cannot conduct business without internet. It's uh, it becomes very, uh, very hard for sure. And, you know, I just think of that, the advancements over the years, but the positive side on, on that and to be that way is I think of the volume of business that we do today. There's no way possible that you could have done it, you know, 10 years ago or five years ago with, without the, without the advancements in the technology yes. and you know oh you i think we could we just be very poor at it or we'd, we'd have we'd drop the ball so many different places we'd yeah. lose things or the staffing would have to be so much greater uh to be able yeah. you know on the workload side of things and everybody's workforce now is you know is everybody needs help uh on that side of it but i think of uh stuff that you get accomplished on your mobile phone before you you know before your feet even hit the ground and getting out of bed you know, oh yeah, it's, it's if you if you think about what you're able to do is it's crazy. it's crazy. You know, I said this way back that you know I said give it five years we'll have a handheld computer in our hand and it took about two when we had these handheld computers in our hands to do all the stuff that we do do uh, from that part. But uh, it is crazy how much technology is there and what it does to run that. So I also think Josh too. That's where we're going back to these manufacturers. I think they're really looking at these service departments and these dealerships to. You know, where can they really train? Where can they put their emphasis on to make sure when a customer does come in, how they're getting taken care of, how are they getting treated and all that kind of stuff, too. And I get it. I mean, it's the same thing we worry about here, too. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Anyway, got a caller coming through. Yeah, we do. Let's uh, let's go to the phones. Let's talk to Delbert. Good morning, Delbert. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. It's about time somebody's calling in. Jeez, I gave (laughs) them all this extra time hoping somebody would call in. (laughs) It makes the show a little more interesting. So I get it. I get it. I get it. So, Delbert, you got an opinion on how to buy a car, buddy? Well, I'm old school in that department. I want to get in there and drive it, and I want to go have fun. And, you know, I don't care if the dealer goes with me. I'm not going to go blow up a car or anything like I had a dealer do many years ago. But yeah, <laughs> one of my cars. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, I'm I'm a touchy-feely kind of guy when it comes to cars. I got to be able to go and do it in the shop. You know, I'm... <sighs> Well, let's go. I, another you, know, I wanna, well, you know, we've got the, we got this program on our computer, on our website right now that you can get on there and, and, uh, make a deal, create the deal, put your trade in, do all that kind of stuff. Would you want to do some of the paperwork online before you got here to save some time? Or do you, would you rather just not do anything online just to, before you get here? Because we have customers doing a lot of stuff online and then walking in here, picking their car, doing all that kind of stuff. But then they still walk in here, still drive it, still touch it, work the numbers then and all that kind of stuff too. 
Yeah, I think that's one of the better ideas. Um, you know, if you can spend less time at a dealership, unless you go to Mount Hamilton, because I really enjoy my time there, as you guys know, when I do show up there. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I don't know. I think we're, but, we try to be cognizant of that is that, you know, you don't want to spend the whole day here. Uh, we want the process to take as long as you want it to take, I guess, from that side. Well, and, and you guys do a great job there. Um, other dealers, not so much. I've been to other dealers where you walk in, you tell them, Hey, this is what I want to do. You know, I want to, you know, do my trade, whatever. So you can look at it, see what you want to give me, that kind of thing. This is the car I'm looking at, you know, um, give me your best deal. And what, the, what do they do? They play games with you and try to keep you there for three, four hours. And then by the time you're done, you're like, did I do the right thing? You know, cause a lot of times you go in there, you kind of know what you want. Yep. I get that too, Delbert. And, uh, negotiation is, you know, a lot of people say they don't want to negotiate, but I haven't found too many people that don't want to negotiate. They always want, want a better deal than what's out there uh, from that part. We try to do as fast as we can and everything else too. That's where I, we've went on to this program we have on our website and uh, it makes it to where you can go in there. You can upload your driver's license, upload your insurance, do your credit app online, do all that kind of stuff. So that's all done before you get here to speed up the process as you come through it. And we have customers that do some of it, some of don't do any of it. We have customers that do. Like I said, we have customers that actually have went through the whole process and not even stepped foot on this lot. We've delivered a car to them uh, from that part. Well, the only the only question I have about that, and I don't, I don't want to call it a problem because I have had issues. Now, this was many years ago, and I'm sure things have changed since this happened. You know, you'd apply online and they decline you because they don't know who you are. They just, whatever the information they get or however they get it, didn't coincide with their programming. And so you would get declined. You go in there and go, oh, well, this is not a problem. We can handle that, you know. Um, so I don't know how your guys' system works or if it's changed to where your finance guys actually look at the pro at the uh, uh, application and see, or is it all automated with the computer by parameters? Yeah, there is. It's it's kind of automated, but we still we we look and see each and every deal uh, before it comes through. Uh, and the way, the way our system is, it's, it's gotta be so transparent, but it's also meeting the guidelines of the new laws that are out yeah. there for the double off. I can't spit that word out or whatever. You got to double everything in to get, you know, two, two, two factor authentication off the, see, I can't spit yeah. it out yet from that part. But yes, we look <laughs> at every app that comes through. We look at every one of those and we match up the driver's license and I'll, I'll tell you an example. We, we had a deal where a guy, uh, didn't do anything on did most of it online and wanted his car delivered to him to a quick trip. Well, guess what? Red flag, red flag, red flag, uh, from that part. We're not going to deliver a car to a quick trip. We know we've got a problem there already. And then the come to find out about two weeks later, he was doing it at another store and uh, we caught word of that too. So, you know, there's, there's all kinds of those scammers out there and stuff like that too. So that's why we're going to make sure that we actually watch every app that comes in, pair it up with that driver's license and everything else like that and dot our guys across our T's before we go through that. Um, but the other thing I like about it, it's the way we're doing it on, on our webpage. We're keeping your data very secure uh, where people can't get to it, can't steal it, can't breach our stuff and everything else from that part too. So when you're on our line and you do do that stuff and you upload your driver's license, or upload your insurance or upload your credit app or whatever, it is very secure where no one can get to that and get to your data. And to me, I like that so much better than a paper credit app running around somewhere that someone can steal or take or copy it or picture it or whatever from that part. Every bit of our stuff stays on our computer uh, from that part too. And, and that's awesome in, in that respect. But then again, you know, you have the hackers out there trying to get the information, however that is. And, you know, I'm not a hacker, so I don't know how they do all that stuff. But, you know, I'm sure that um, you guys protect it as best you can. But there's always that 
you know, you hear five years later, 10 years later, oh, there was a data breach from, you know, X company. And, you know, now you're, now you're getting uh, free credit reports and things like that, but they're not really taking care of you, you know? You know, and I, and I get what you're saying there too, Delbert, but I think that with the technology now today with the double often, God, I can't even spit that out, but it, the double way you got to log in and everything else. Authenticity. And the, stuff, authenticity. Yeah. <laughs> the things we went through to protect your data on that same point too <clears throat> is, uh, you know, paper credit app laying around is easy for someone to snatch it, steal it, take it, or whatever. Either where from the par- other part of this is is being electronic and hidden and everything else from that part. I, I don't. We went through a lot of testing and stuff with this and a lot of investigation before we bought this program to do this because we knew the people wanted to do wanted to buy stuff online and everything else. We, we want to be able to be available for whatever they want to do from that part to protect your data and everything else too. So, yeah, and and uh, you know. <laughs> Josh, I'm sorry you're under the weather there. I can hear it in your sinus. <laughs> I don't know if the allergies or you're actually got a cold or something, but, <laughs> been, you, but I can see it in your face, you yeah, brother. <laughs> been a long week. <laughs> feel your pain. Yeah, I feel your pain. Um, but anyway, uh, the the process, you know, a lot of people like to go in and talk to the dealer and that. And um, if you don't have a lot of people coming in, how do you handle your sales force? You know, you know, you give them. I hate to say you give them quotas, but you ask them to do quotas in order to be able to make enough money to survive for one. And the other is to help Mal Hamilton gain business and do better in business so they can provide things like you guys are doing uh, to keep that money coming in. Uh, You know, bottom line is money everywhere you go. But, uh, you know, you guys so far have done a phenomenal job, you know, getting things out there. And I don't know, Lisa spends a ton of money like doing this show. She's take, she's paying for you two guys here to sit here and chit chat with each other for an hour every Saturday. <laughs> and, you know, getting that information out there to hopefully someday bring in more business from this. Well, you know, right now you got 766 customers, potential customers online. And, uh, you know, that's not a lot, but if this show can grow bigger, and and I know you guys aren't really pushing it. Um, I mean, I know that, but if you could grow the show bigger, then you can actually make money off the show as well as potential customers you could have locally. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying there, Delbert, too. And uh, you're talking about quotas and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, our salespeople do have quotas. they got to sell so many cars, everything else from that part. But I will tell you right now, we have about, I'm going to throw a rough number out there and tell you that 90% of our people are doing something online, not the whole process or whatever. And it's about 1% that we have that will do a, do about 70 to 80% of it online and then come in uh, from that part. But most of the people are just basically getting a credit app filled out and doing the uh, driver's license and insurance and stuff before they get it to save that time and effort and everything else, too. Uh, Plus, our system will actually, if it, everything, if you do dot your I's and cross your T's, that credit, it'll tell you if you're approved or not approved. Yeah. Uh, but, well, and the other thing, too, is, you know, while right now with interest rates being what they are and stuff like that, maybe giving the consumer more of an idea of what market they're actually in. I mean, how many yeah. times do you start down a path uh, as a salesman with a customer thinking that they want this? And then after, you know, a- after, investigating and seeing what their needs are and everything like that. We really need to be over here one way or the other. And so just being able to, to be informed as a shopper, I think is so much more important than, you know, um, 
Well, uh, and, and, and save t- saving time. It does, and I, I, that's why I say you can get online mm-hmm. there, and you can actually go through and you can play with the numbers yourself, so you can kind of see what your budget is and all that kind of stuff. Where can you afford this thirty thousand dollars? Oh, hey, guess what? I can do a forty thousand dollars, whatever it might be, from that part. And that's one thing the tool does do for you is give you enough information to help you play with the numbers, and do the things, so you can find out what your budget is before you do get here. And I think some people get. Uh, oh yeah, but let's let's go off of somebody that was declined. Um, does it tell them what they're declined for? And if it does, is that something that um, the finance guys can go and look at and say, well, here's what you can qualify for. You know where I'm going with that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, exactly. An amount. And again, that's what we'll see when you fill out a credit app or whatever. We actually get a notification that it came through and all that kind of stuff, too. And know when, that that's what's happening so we can help walk you through it or whatever and, and, uh, and help you guide you through that process from that standpoint. Yes, it does. It does kind of go through. It's kind of almost like a personal assistant there helping you try to walk you through the through the process. Now, I have had no experience getting credit at this point in the last year or two. However, so I'm hearing that it is harder to get approved these days, mainly probably because of the higher prices for vehicles and the interest rates. But I don't know the facts in that. So maybe you can share with the the people out there, what the facts are, what you guys know, at least for your dealership. Well, and here's what I'll say, you know, interest rates are high right now. Don't like it. I think it's crazy than where we're at and everything else too. I think we, I hope this starts coming down here in a little while from that part, but uh, don't like the high interest rates, but it does change your payment. Uh, you know, everybody's used to that 0%. I'd love to see that. We do have some 0% out there and some short term stuff, not, not a 60 month or 72 months, like everybody kind of wants their payment to be from that standpoint too. <clears throat> but it does, our system will go out there and, and give you a tier where you need to be and what you're kind of doing on that part. But I don't think it, I don't think getting approved is any harder right now than it's ever been. I think it's pretty easy to get approved if, you know, depending on your credit rating and everything else that you have there from that part. Basically, the interest rates are just driving the payment. That's all that's doing is driving that payment higher and everything else like that, too. Uh, just to be honest with you, that, that's where I see it. I don't think it's any harder to get approved. I think they're just the, everybody's got to be realistic now on what these banks can loan and what their what those rates are what they're, uh, from that part. Now, here's the thing. I'll tell you, we're one of the very few stores out there. Now, we stopped this probably five, six years ago. Most, most dealerships will go to, and we work with probably 30 different lenders out there. Yeah, that was going to be one of my points that and we get about. we go out and my finance guys will shop and find the best rate that they can get you but then most dealers will take that and they'll mark it up so for, for example if they got a buy rate of six six percent they're going to mark it up to say six and a half or seven percent to you and make some money off of that we don't do that whatever the whatever we get at the bank or whatever we just move that right to you so i've got those guys back there that are, they're out there trying to find the best rate for you for your situation you know how much you're borrowing how much your car's worth and, and uh, how much your payoff is going to be and all that stuff and put that calculation in there for you and then go to these banks and shop it for you and help you get your best rate as and opposed then, to you just going to the one bank you work with and you know, right. getting a personal or a loan on an auto at that rate and not even knowing what the. I had know. a I had a guy walk in here and buy an F one fifty for me the other day, and he came back said, "Hey, I'll be back tomorrow because uh, I got to go." I said, "Hey, great!" And I knew he would be. He come back in. He walked in with a bank with a his uh, down money from a bank. Mm-hmm. So I took that back to the F and I department. I said, "Here's what we got," and and of course he had done everything online, got the credit apps done, came in, drove the truck, left, came back, and came back in with his down. Down payment check, and I looked at the F and I guy, and I says, "What do you think? Should we go to this bank? Because it is one of the banks we work with." 
after they put everything together and everything else like that and made the calculation and saw where he was at, we didn't go to that same bank. We went to somebody different to help get him that better rate. Could we have went to that bank that he got his down money from? Sure could have. Could have went, we worked with them a lot. But the, for, for his situation, it was another way of going to help save him that money on that on the interest rate that he had. We I mean, went to a different bank. So that's what my guys are we're doing back there in our M&I department is, yeah, we want to sell you an extended warning. I do want to sell you extended warnings. I promise you when you buy a car, it's going to break at some point in time or another. And this warning that we have back there is one that Lisa and I have designed to best take care of you, not a way to figure out a way not to take care of you, not to not to pay a claim. When you have a claim, you want to be taken care of yeah. and paid from that part. And so my F and I yeah, guys yeah. don't sell you rate. They sell you an extended warning that's going to cover you for your time, your miles you're going to drive. Uh, and then gap is another huge thing. I, I can't tell you if, if you're, if most people are upside down in their car and if you don't have gap insurance, you're a fool for not having gap insurance on your loan to cover yourself in case you get a total or someone hits you or does something from that part and you owe more than what your car is worth. Guess what? They'll pay you what the car is worth. But if you owe more than what it's worth, you're paying. Uh, and that's where gap insurance kicks in there and helps you with that. Now, granted, the guy that came in with that big down payment, he doesn't need gap. So I'm not going to sell him gap. Yeah. Uh, but most people today need that gap insurance to cover yourself. And it's not that expensive to do that. So my F&I guys are back there to sell you products that's going to help you through that process of that loan and not just mark up things just to make money on that interest rate. But, uh, but we've done that probably four or five years now, maybe five or six years that we stopped selling rate on the interest rate. We've basically just move that whatever it is whatever the buy rate is whatever pass along to the consumer we pass it right to you and uh, those guys back there are just trained and work hard to get you the best rate and everything else from that part so anyway well my my experience has been uh pretty good not necessarily buying from you guys unfortunately here in the last few years but when i did buy that ford fusion from another dealer here in oklahoma they did kind of what you did they're a smaller dealer don't get me wrong but they were able to do like you did and they tried Ford first because I already had credit through Ford and everything else. And Ford couldn't even come close. They were four points higher on their rate for me than the bank I was actually able to get. And I don't know the reason behind that, but, uh, you know, I got uh, just under 4% for my car loan, and which at the time was pretty good unless you could get a 0% loan through the uh, dealerships. but. Yeah, four. Yeah, they were over eight percent. Yeah, four percent today is pretty good. <laughs> I, I, don't think, I don't think we yeah, can get. I don't think I mean, we get anybody four yeah. percent right now at this point in time on anything, unless you go a short term. Uh, you get a zero percent. Five and a quarter, five point five point eight five is probably the lowest you can probably get, if that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just car car loan prices. I should say car loan interest rates are outrageous right now, and, and you know the only. Upside to that is if they do go down, you can maybe refinance your vehicle later on. But how many people try to do that? Yeah, I get it. It's kind of like the housing market, too, refinancing your house and mm-hmm. when the rates go down and everything else, too. So that's crazy. But do we have people refinance their cars? Sure do. Yeah. Happens, happens all the time. People come in and try to refinance their car to get a better rate or whatever. But a lot of times we find out. Now, do they come in to you guys to do that? Do they oh, yeah. just come in and say, hey, can you refinance my car? Yeah, happens all the time. But oh, what we also, but we, that's interesting. I've never seen that. Yeah. But the other thing that you have to do is if you want to refinance it, normally what you're going to do is extend your term out. And you really want to do that because then you're going to be upside down in that car much longer or whatever. So we, when someone wants to refinance or get a lower rate, we want to go look at, is there a better way to take care of you and better spend your money? Sometimes there is, sometimes there's not. Sometimes the refinance is the way to go. 
But most of the time, it's a better deal to put you in a different car so you're not upside down and put you in a better equity position than trying to refinance your car and scatter that loan out on a longer term uh, from that part. Instead of paying for, say, 72 months, now you're paying for 96 months or something like that. Yeah. Uh, because of the amount of time you've already spent making payments, and now you return around and do another loan uh, from that part. It's so much better to make sure that you're in an equity position to help put that where you need to be and put your money where it's going to be best well spent. So anyway, excellent conversation on this, guys. You you guys have done an awesome job explaining everything, and hopefully somebody gets in here and looks at it and says, "Hey, this is great information," and uh, come see you guys because I, I know that uh, just talking with all your salespeople that I've talked to, you guys personally will do everything and bend over backwards as you can to um, help people out and get them going in the in the car that they want if they can do it. So, yep, exactly. More kudos off of you guys. And if I can, definitely we'll be there. We're looking at maybe next year, and depending on interest rates coming in there, because we we have zero percent on the one we have in the garage, so we're not we're not going to just give that up. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Well, anyway, Delbert, I really appreciate the call, buddy, and uh, everything else from that yep. part, and uh, appreciate your input as always from that yep. part. So, well, you guys have a wonderful day, and hey. Y'all people get on the phone, give these guys a call, get some more voices out here and talk about some more car stuff. All right, guys. Thanks to you. You guys have a great day. We'll talk to you next time. Save Thanks, Delbert. Thanks, buddy. All right. 316-462-3673. Anything ail in your car, tires, brakes, batteries, you want to talk about anything in Elmobile or you want to talk about this car buying experience, we'd love to hear from you. Let me hear your opinion. Would you like to do nothing online and come in and do 100% everything in the dealership? Would you like to do some things online? Or would you like to do the whole process online and, not, and have the vehicle delivered to your house? Love to hear from you. Each and every caller gets a prize package about over 130 bucks. Just got a few minutes left on the show here. Love to hear from you. And give us your opinion. How would you like to do it? How would, What's your process? What do you feel best? What do you feel most comfortable with would be the other thing from that part. Uh, 316-462-3673. Anyway, Josh. He was talking about uh, ladies' night. We kind of had a wild week this week. So, uh for, I guess, those of you listeners that don't know, we do an annual charity uh, once a year uh, for the hospice house here uh, in Wichita. And uh, so it's our it was our annual ladies night event and it went really well. Uh, everything went 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 uh, went good for that. Had a good event and was able to raise raise a lot of money for them. Uh, but, yeah, no pictures. I don't think I didn't I didn't get my picture taken. I don't know. You may have. And either. No. But anyway, this is an annual charity event we do do for Harbor House. And a lot of people want to know how you get invited. I'm sorry. It's an, it's an invitation only because it's, we kind of limit it to 300 women to be here. Cause that's about what the store can handle for, yeah. for that part. And this event's been going on forever and ever, uh, from that standpoint. And we raised a lot of money for Harbor house. I don't know the final number, but we're over $20,000 that we generated for the Harbor house and Harbor house is a place for ladies to go that have had an unfortunate situation and need help. And uh, so we're very excited to help help with that and help them in that time of need for sure when they need it exactly mm-hmm. so uh anyway that was what that event is you can see our pictures up on facebook there too the event kind of started as a way of also helping the harbor house but it was a way of lisa thanking our wives employees yeah. employees Employee that kind of just grew into a few more vendors and a few more relationships and stuff like that too but again 300 is kind of where we're topping and lisa and i've talked about it, of maybe taking this event to another venue to make it bigger and better and everything else too because of how much fun we have with it and everything else too but the store can just handle about 300 people yeah i mean it's about all it can handle the 
size wise in here to be able to take care of everybody and everything else too. Looks like we got another caller coming on the line. We'll see what's happening there too. <clears throat> okay, Brian Choi, I like looking online, but if I'm being honest, it's tough to navigate most car dealerships websites with all the pop-ups and typicals you can't see the prices. Well, I hate to tell you, I don't think there's any pop-ups or hardly any pop-ups on our site, Brian. Yeah. Uh, and I got the prices right out there where you can see them and everything else like that. I know some dealers play some tricks and tricks and <laughs> all that kind of stuff, and it drives me crazy. Uh, I want to be as much transparent and as I can be, get you what you need, not hide anything from you. And the ones I like, those dealers like we'll customer comes in and we don't have every car we want. So we'll call it, find a car, go call that dealer, want to buy it from them or whatever. And then guess what? Oh, well, you got to have a trade in. Oh, you got to have this. Oh, Hey, well that we, we added, we're adding this package to it too, for this price. And I hate that when they're trying to be the low ball guy out there and then they start adding stuff to you, uh, on your car when you're buying it, because it happens to us and it's crazy from that part. But I agree with you, Brian, these guys that can't be transparent and popping up everything and trying to throw ads at you and, and all they're really trying to do is just get your phone number, get your email address. Well, you know what? If you're ready to do that, then make it happen. Yep. Let's go to the phones. Let's talk to Richard. Richard, you're live with Under the Hood. Go ahead. Well, uh, it appears there is some more bad news as far as auto racing goes around here. I, I read in the uh, online yesterday that uh, I guess they're going to shut down the Kansas State Fair dirt track. Have you heard about that? Sure have. Sure have. Um, I will tell you, there's a lot of a lot of things happening there in the background of people. Uh, I don't know that the fair is actually let out of the deal or whatever, too. But here's what I will tell you: is uh, several things have happened. I mean, there's there's been rumors of this fair being taken out of Hutchinson and moved to Kansas City. So I know they're trying to make sure there's ways of keeping that fair profitable. Uh, next thing is the Hutch uh, that racetrack is used once a year. I think it needs to be used more than once a year to make it more to drive more money into that thing. And I guess we can see what happened at Hutch National. That place was packed last weekend and everything else from that standpoint. I think the fair board's got a lot of heat on them to do different things and stuff like that. But also I do know that that racetrack needs some work. Uh, the walls are starting to deteriorate and all that kind of stuff too. But uh, I think the fair is catching a lot of what I want to say heat right now about trying to close that racetrack down because there is a lot of racers out there and a lot of people love that track. To be honest with you, it's my son's favorite track. It's favorite track. He likes to race out of all the tracks he's raced at and stuff too. So I hate that there's even a talk about this, but it's been happening for several years. They've talked about it and everything else too. Uh, I've had some conversations with the uh, GM over there. He's contacted me about different things and stuff because we're a big supporter of the Kansas State Fair with Ford and also the dealership. We buy a lot of tickets and, and support them over there at the fair. Uh, from that part and uh, but there's a lot of things on the backside there that's going on in the back screen that people don't hear don't see uh, I hope we can get some things worked out to where this track doesn't close uh, I hate that there's racetracks closed closing like it is from that part around the country anyway but uh, sure is the word is out there that it's over uh, but I know there's a group of people out there that are trying to get a meeting together to try to put the and get in front of the board to try to talk to them and, and everything else too. But I understand all sides of, I understand running a business. They've got to run a business. They got to generate dollars, <clears throat> but I do believe it's not cost effective to run that racetrack one time a year. I don't know how you can have a tra yeah. have a facility sitting there that even anybody think it's even feasible to be, I mean, yeah. any business to run one time a yeah. year, it just can't happen. You can't make it make money. Um, well, I've, I've been to not all. Not only have I been to uh, all the racing out there, I've been to a lot of big time concerts out there. So would they be tearing down a grandstand too, or what? What do they? What do they think they're going to replace it with? I don't know if that's all been 
discussed a hundred percent or locked in a hundred percent either. But I, I, what I think is happening is the grandstands will stay and they will build another stage or do something better for those concerts. I mean, I, I'd hate to guess how many dollars those concerts drag in every year for the fair, uh, from that part. But I think they got to figure out ways to use, I mean, they use a lot of those facilities year around over there at the fairgrounds, but I think they've got to figure out some other ways of using that ground at that area more than once a year or some way to, to help generate dollars and help keep the fair going. Cause I, I know the fair needs a lot of money for other things in that place to keep, keep it up and update and everything else too. But I think they're just looking at ways to, I'm going to be honest with you. I just hope they don't figure out a way to get that fair yanked out of here and go to Kansas city or somewhere there. That, that fair needs to stay in Hutchinson. Perhaps. Absolutely. I didn't know that it was even in the works of being moved. And that's the first I'm hearing of that. And, uh, that's another thing that would get be getting stolen out of this area and going up to there to the northeast. Yeah, and uh, like I said, I didn't say that's that's what they're doing. That's just rumors that they have talked about of doing that, of taking that thing to another ven- another venue. Uh, so I don't want to see that happen. I think the, that fair needs to stay right there in Hutchinson, and we need to do everything we can to support it uh, from a communities, not just not just Hutchinson, but all those communities around Hutchinson yeah. to support that fair uh, from that part. So. I'm a, I'm a big fan of that racetrack. I want to, I'm going to try to do what I can, uh, to help do whatever I can to support that thing, to, to make it come. And I've had a lot of people contact me already about it, about what to do, what, how we can do it and want to know what my opinion is of, of the racetrack and stuff too. But I also wouldn't want to be on the fair board right now. I wouldn't want to be making those decisions (laughs) on what the right thing to do is there either from that part, because no matter what you do, you're going to make somebody upset, you know? Yeah. So, well, I'll, I'll go on to another little quick little subject. Uh, I, last couple of weeks or about a week, couple of weeks ago, I went down to the Arc City drag strip down there and it, they had a pretty good uh, uh, weekend of racing down there. I'm never going to buy one. And there's a guy, there's a guy in Wichita here that owns a Tesla. He, I, I've seen it out at the KID and I he had it down there. It's good. Obviously, I'm never going to buy a Tesla because of the cost of it. I, I asked the guy, how much did you pay for this? It's just stock. And he, he, he told me he paid $62,000 for it. But I'll tell you what, for an all-electric car, that thing just buzzes down the drag strip. He, he could, that car can do, go down the drag strip 11 and a half seconds, just all-electric. And it's stock as heck. And, man, I'll tell you what, they don't break, but they, they're quick, too. Well, I'll tell you, we have the Mustang Mach-E GT. And we were out at the drag strip last summer with one and we've got our drag car and it was almost running an eighth mile, almost as fast as our drag car that we built to go drag racing. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy what these electric cars can do. The instantaneous torque that they have is just, it's mind blowing. Yeah. It's just, it's it, so quick. Yeah, when you, when you got all that right at the beginning and the car, the other gas car is trying to gain, you got all that right at the beginning. I mean, it makes it up real quick. Yeah, because it's it doesn't the instantaneous like Josh said it's so quick it's it's there right now you don't have to wait for the engine to rev up or build up or get a turbo to build up or whatever but uh, and even that when you take that mock, that GT and you're just say running forty mile an hour and step on the gas on it. it throws you yeah. back in the seat so hard it's crazy uh, but I still think we've got a little ways you know to what? go with these electric cars. You know what? That's exactly what this guy said. He said he he actually almost hurts himself when he's. When he leaves the line, he said he 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 says he gets at least a one G force, and he says he almost hurts himself when he does that. Oh yeah, it's, uh, like you said, it, it hurts you. 
Yeah, it, it's that quick. It's just that 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 quick at torque and everything else too. Uh, from that part, I mean, I, I'm gonna tell you that's because when I get in one of those GTs, that's the first thing I do to step on it. And I was one day. I, I just kinda, make sure it, it still me, works. Yeah, <laughs> it made me a little sick to, to my head and everything else because I kept doing, you know, because I did it three and four times because uh, that was, you know, I love to be able to go fast and everything else too. But uh, I'm with you. It does kind of hurt after a bit from that part. Well, good, good show. Keep up the good work, you guys. Hey, thanks for the call. All right, we got another caller coming through. I do. Josh. Hopefully, he's uh, still on the line here. We'll get him patched through uh, and see what he has to say. But Nathan, good Nathan on the line here. So, any some good conversations are coming from Richard. So, uh, anyway, the fairgrounds. I hope we can do some stuff and get the fair board turned around a little bit. But I do believe they've got to uh, run more than one time a year uh, from that part. And, and Matt, I agree with you. If they, I'm not sure how much they approve or disapprove or whatever of racing or whatever, but I do know the general manager over there is a race fan. Uh, but I don't believe he has a vote with that board. I think he's just got to present stuff and everything else too, from that part. not hundred percent sure on that, but, uh, uh, that's a fantastic racetrack over there, but it does need some work, some upkeep and been around for a lot of years, a lot of, a lot of history over there for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, well, let's go back to the phones and let's talk to, oh, sorry, Nathan, 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 you're on live with Under the Hood. Yeah, uh, two filling stations, one in Hutch, one in McPherson now are selling premium 91 octane fuel considerably under 87 octane. Uh, my wife thinks she should fill up every time because of the savings. I think that just builds carbon in the intake manifold. Your opinion. Okay. Make sure you're understanding what you're saying. You're saying they're selling 91 octane cheaper than 87 octane fuel. Yes. Huh? I'll yeah. So, uh, like 20 cents cheaper. Yeah. My thought on it, it was, if it's aged fuel, uh, would be one of the reasons that they would do that. And then the uh, next thing I'm going to after is wonder how much what the, what the ethanol content, content of it is. Of it is. Um, Regardless, either way, uh, your car is designed to run 87 octane unless it specifies different. But do not, yeah, don't don't run anything other than what it's specified to run. Yeah, the uh, kind of the, the best way I can give you this test, and BG Products has done this test with me many times, is you take a white saucer plate and you put it out to new lights and you put some 87 octane in one plate and you put another plate with some, say, 91 octane fuel in it and you light them up. The 87 octane fuel will just burn everything and you'll have a little bit of residue left on the plate. The, the 91 octane plate is going to turn black because of the, the everything that's in there. So basically how you describe this is as you as a cylinder ignites and burns, how much fuel in there it's got to burn through however long from that part. And if you have a higher compression engine, it's got to burn longer. So that's why the higher compression is there. But you are correct. If you've got an 87 octane fuel the uh, car and you put 91 octane fuel in it and it's not designed for that yes you are going to build up more carbon inside that engine because it's going to burn it can't burn all that fuel out of there uh in that right. in that combustion chamber at that point in time uh so yeah you are going to build more carbon in that engine and I, that 20 cents again i'd have to do some i'm gonna i'm gonna do some investigating now if i figure that out but I'm you gonna, said mcpherson and hutch hutch there's one in Hutch and one in McPherson that do this on a regular basis. Is it, uh, are they, uh, as far as the fuel stations, are they the same name company of no, fuel station? No, or? no, no. Huh. 
Yeah. So I there's I, I, to be cheaper, it has to either it's, it's got to have some more ethanol okay. in it or it's an aged fuel. But I don't know. I thought there was a law in Kansas that they couldn't sell fuel after it was sold. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. But it could be. I mean, but I still bet what they're doing is they've put more ethanol in that in there to drive the price down, and that's why it's cheaper because ethanol does make a higher octane when you put that. The more ethanol you put in there, because that's where a lot of racers are running the E eighty five, because it produces more volatility in the combustion chamber and stuff too. So, uh, but now I get to do some investigating, figure this out, what that really is or whatever. But they should have to disclose that on the pump too. What percentage? I of think it's. Content. 15 percent i think it's all that it's showing and then the other one's probably 10 uh you're right 10 percent on the e85 or on the uh 87 octane but on, but re- on the 87 yeah but regardless either way the the answer for the car is that yes you are going to be producing more soot and more uh carbon uh in that engine burning the burning the fuel that it doesn't need and a lot of people you know have that belief of well my car spits or sputters or stumbles and so the next time i fill up i'm going to go ahead and put uh put you know higher octane in it and give it a boost and that's just not that that's you're well, you're doing more damage to it than you are and here's my other analogy on, on fuel prices and stuff too let's take a 20 gallon gas tank okay and you save that 20 cents a gallon it's four bucks is it really that big of a savings for the longevity of your car and everything else too? the $4 to save on a 20 gallon gas tank. And then the other side of that is the, you're, you're going to diminish your overall fuel, uh, miles per gallon just because you're not running the, the right kind of fuel, you know, so it's going to burn could, more. Yeah, it could be. I don't know what, I mean, that's another test you need to check to see when she's putting that in there, what's it do to the fuel economy? Does it raise it? Does it lower it? Does it stay the same? It might stay the same, but it might lower it too. It is staying the same. Is it staying the same? Yeah. Well, that's good. That's part of that too. So, and here's the next thing is, is maybe like you said, Josh, maybe that fuel, most cars don't, most cars run 87 octane fuel. So maybe that fuel is sitting around and they got to do something to move it because they can't sell it. That's another thing. Brian, right, Brian right. Too. So that might be a thing. And it might be old gas that they can't move. And that's why they've discounted it to, to get it going. Could be a lot of things that go into and look in this and see this and what they're doing. But uh, the first thing I'd want to do is just go look and see, because they've got to disclose what percent of ethanol is in that. That has to yeah. be on the pump, uh, what's going through it. But again, you have to test it, too, to see, because uh, we've had that happen to us many times. People bought E85, and it's really E60 uh, from that part, and have too much ethanol in it, too. Uh, so it'd have to be some testing done on that stuff to see what it is. But I'm kind of wondering maybe that isn't what it is. They've got these little towns have got premium fuel sitting around. They can't move because people aren't buying it. So they got to get rid of it. Something to get rid of it too. Good question. Uh, intersection of Adams and Avenue A. Okay, I know right where you're at. You're both familiar, mm-hmm. very familiar. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. So, uh, well, we'll do a little investigating, see what we can find out for you there, whatever. But uh, that'd be the first thing I would want to do is look at that pump and see what kind of percentage of ethanol we're putting in that car, in, the, in that in that mm-hmm. tank, and see if that's maybe what it is. So I, my opinion, and one the or two. BG products w- would help clean that uh, intake manifold out, right? Very much so. Uh, depending on your in- inductions, yeah. depending how your injectors are working on your car, whether it's, whether it's a direct injection or whether it's a uh, going through the intake manifold, which depending on where your injectors are located is what we need, what additive we need to put in your car to clean that back up or whatever. Uh, 
2016 Escape with the little is it 2.6 turbo? It, it is a turboed, uh, yeah, the EcoBoost engine, so it's direct injected. Yes. Um, so the the fuel additive uh, going in the tank will take care of the the fuel and the cylinder itself now to get the intake valves and the intake manifold uh, that would require an actual induction service an air induction service uh, yeah and so as part of calling in for the the package that you would get for calling into the show today we'll have the the fuel additive portion of it but the air induction service is something that would would be uh, additional or extra yeah, basically what that amounts to is you just, on your intake, you just got air going through it. You don't have any fuel and air mixture going through your intake manifold. You, the fuel is directed directly into the cylinder itself uh, on that particular engine. So that's why it's putting stuff in your fuel. You're just going to clean the cylinder up. You're not going to clean that intake up. That makes sense? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, very good. Uh, Thank you much. Yeah, good good question and comments on the fuel and uh yeah i would i would advise her to run just the 87 octane okay well, thank you thank hey, you for the thanks call. For call yep have a great day bye all right some great comments but guess what josh we're way over our time we are yeah best part i love about the show we can cut it off put it on anytime we want or whatever from that part but yep. uh, hey everybody thanks for watching thanks for listening gotta go get a race car ready to head out to dodge city tonight and uh have some fun with my son so everybody what do you got any plans this weekend? I don't. Yeah, I get through today. That's, get through uh, <laughs> today. That's where you're at. So, hey, everybody, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Real quick, BG products, all the great preventive maintenance products we use right inside here at Mill Home Ford. Big corner creative for all your advertising needs. You need something done for your company, advertising, whatever. Race car wraps, window wraps, vehicle wraps, whatever. As those guys say, just Google us. Hey, Stan's got a great fleet of vehicles over there in the rental department now. So, if you don't want to put the miles on your car or whatever and need something bigger or better to get on vacation or whatever, give Stan a call right inside here at Go To Rent, right inside here at Mahone Ford. Everybody have a great Saturday. We'll talk to you next Saturday, 9 o'clock.